Welcome. You are listening to The Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm your host, Meryl Arnett, and my passion is making meditation accessible and enjoyable. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a guided meditation. If you would like to access these meditation practices as standalone audio files for your daily practice, please subscribe to my newsletter at merylarnett.com. It's free and you'll receive a new mini meditation each week, along with behind the scenes content and bonus material for each podcast episode. All right, let's grab a cup of tea, a comfy seat, and settle in for today's practice. Well, hello and welcome listeners to another episode of The Mindful Minute. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. So we have just journeyed through the month of January. And in the month of January, you notice we did something a little different. I had a bunch of interviews in a row, which I don't normally do. Um, We had two interviews talking about the emotion of awe and the importance of awe in our everyday lives. And then we had an awesome interview with Jacqueline Suskin about creativity and really using seasonality and honoring the cycle of the year as a way to support our own creative endeavors, whether creativity is something that we do for a living or simply the thing that we do to support our souls. And in all of those conversations, there was an underlying thread of being tied to the natural world, right? Whether that was experiencing awe in the natural world, whether that was using the season and the experience of we talked about winter as a way to sort of foster our creative fires. And that thread is going to continue in all the episodes moving forward of the Mindful Minute. It's a piece that is present in so many wisdom traditions, so many. My particular lineage, as you know, I study a lot in tantric meditation. And within that lineage, there are many teachings around the natural world, the outer world around us being the macrocosm and our internal landscape being the microcosm. They are mirrors. They are the same. And we see that In, you know, there are so many um, phrases that get tossed about as above, so below, as within, as without, that are all sort of saying the same thing, which is that there's really no difference between what is happening outside and what is happening inside. And because of that, we can use that connection to the natural world as a way to connect more deeply to ourselves to all those around us, to the environment. And it's something that I really want us to pay attention to moving forward. And my devoted listeners will know, you know, I started down this path a handful of years ago, particularly when I started writing meditations paired with soundscapes recorded um, by my partner in the app Roots, Gordon Hempton, who, you know, he would go out into the natural world, record these incredible soundscapes. And then you and I, wherever we were, even if we're sitting in our closet doing a meditation, 
we could pop in our headphones and we could be connected to a very particular landscape in a particular moment in time and use that connection to find that same experience within ourselves. And so today I am bringing a new friend and collaborator on to the podcast. Nick, I just realized that I forgot to ask you before I hit record, how do you say your last name? Oh, it's um, McMahon. McMahon. Okay. I totally would have gotten it wrong. Nick McMahon, um, who I met through Gordon and the folks at Roots. Um, And we are going to be partnering together for several episodes to bring to life some of the experiences of the natural world and use them for our inner experience as well. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about winter. So Nick is a a nature field recordist in Washington State. He's worked with Gordon Hempton. He's worked with Audible, so many different places. Um, And Nick, I'm really glad that you're here and going to be here for several episodes. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Maybe how you started doing it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, It's it's kind of a unusual thing and has probably a more winding path than a, I need to explain right now. But um, I, I think my first real kind of clicking moment with, with uh, the recording in the wilderness and recording nature sounds probably happened while I was hiking in the Cascades. Um, I live in the Pacific Northwest, so um, the Cascade Mountains have kind of been in my backyard my whole life, um, and I grew up hiking in them. And I was doing a hike by myself, and I had recently started hiking by myself instead of with friends more um, at this time, about six, seven years ago. And I, I I guess I just had a little bit more like silence around me because I wasn't talking to other people. And I was hiking along and I heard this water trickling under these rocks. Um, I was kind of scrambling over and scrambling is kind of a form of off trail, um, hiking where you're not, uh, where you're kind of going across sometimes steeper um, terrain. And and I heard this really interesting water sound and I kind of was looking for it. And I realized that um, my phone could record, could record, um, like record notes or different, different things. So I, I started finding different places where I could stick my phone in little crevices and recording the, um, the water sound. And I just found it really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it just, these like little things started building. And I was mostly doing these really short snippets of recordings. Um, and then in 2019, I ran into Gordon Hempton, um, through a podcast, um, a Pacific Northwest podcast called, uh, the wild or into the wild or something with Chris Morgan. Yeah. That one. I love that podcast. Awesome. Nice. (laughs) Nice. You've heard of it. Cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was totally like blown away by what Gordon had to say and his, um, his colleague Matt and. Um, like the work they're doing, um, like just with recording, but also environmentally. And I felt like it really spoke to me with kind of my interests in hiking and um, and listening. And um, I, I also had a background in music, so I was already kind of a, a recordist, I guess. Um, and I met Gordon for coffee, and he invited me to come to Ecuador with him. Mm. And we went to Ecuador and recorded sounds in the Amazon for about a week um on like the doorstep of covid um and so that was in march of 2020 
Um, so I had this wonderful teacher um, learning experience from Gordon um, in this like crazy environment um, in a really remote part of the Amazon and came back and the world like got really quiet and kind of mm-hmm. shut down. Um, and I stayed with my parents for a couple months and recorded nature sounds in like the Oregon wilderness, um, kind of Eastern Oregon. Um, and so that was like, honestly, a really, a really great time for me. And I, I think about that time really fondly, um, hiking by myself and starting to count, you know, jets flying over or if I would hear a chainsaw in the distance and, and like really tuning my ear to external sounds, but also natural sounds. Mm. Um, so I guess that's kind of like the beginning of it all. And it's kind of really blossomed from there. That is incredible. And, you know, one of the things that I really learned in conversation with Gordon is he would be speaking about a recording experience, a list, him being outside listening. And the words that he would use, the description that he would use was identical to the words I would use describing a meditative experience. And he never said mm-hmm. meditation. And what I perceived was that's entirely what he was doing in a different context, right? It was not cross-legged on the ground on a quote-unquote meditation cushion. And what he was doing was so contemplative. What you do is so contemplative. The, The act of listening is so interesting because a piece of it is very external. We're listening out here to what's happening. It's also very internal. There is a way of listening internally as well. And I really like this partnership of speaking about listening to sounds outside and tuning your ear to hear specific things and the difference between things in the same way that we talk about meditating and being aware. You know, we can be very aware of all these thoughts in the forefront of our mind when we close our eyes. And it's not that that goes away. It's not that the jets overhead don't go away, right? But we also start to hear other things that are there. And so that's really something that I'm hoping that you and I bring to the forefront for for listeners is how how we listen, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've I've been surprised how after sometimes being on a trip recording for a few days, I feel like without even realizing that I was processing something. Um, mm. Or sometimes I do it almost intentionally. I, I go out on these trips and I'm like, I'm going to kind of process, um, you know, whatever it is that I feel like is going on. And um, I come back feeling really refreshed sometimes, usually, mm. not not always, but. You know, so we're here to talk about winter, which we're going to do. And I I have been smiling about this. So we listeners, Nick and I obviously have had multiple conversations about winter leading up to today. And I have been smiling so much and really laughing over the starting point of this conversation. We sat down and I said, well, let me tell you a little bit about what I'm thinking for this episode. I'm going to tell you about my experience of winter. And I say a couple things and and you didn't say this exactly, but what I heard was like, wow, you and I have very different winters, right? So I'm in Atlanta. I'm in the South. It's very, I mean, I think it's really cold here today, actually, but it's like in the low 40s. (laughs) (laughs) And there is no snow. I haven't seen snow in years, years. 
and there are no leaves on the trees. There's just lots and lots of bare branches and some wind. And like, I don't actually own a winter coat. I have a fleece that I sometimes wear and often don't. Um, and you are not in the South. So yeah. what is winter like where you are? <laughs> uh, so, well, so I, I grew up on the, the west side of Washington State, which is a fairly mild winter. Um, it'll usually snow once a year. Um, sometimes uh, the last couple of years, there was a little bit more. Um, I feel like in my childhood, there was some um, heavy snow years, but we'll also have years where it doesn't really snow at all and barely, you know, it gets to freezing. So it can be very mild. Um, I now live on the east side of the state. And um, this morning when I checked, it was minus two out with wind chill. Oh my um, God. Which is very cold. It's been, uh, we had a cold, uh, a cold snap come through this past mm -hmm. week. And I think the coldest temperature I've seen since I've lived over here. Um, and I think we, with wind chill hit minus 20. Um wow. Which is crazy, um, and you definitely need a winter coat for that. Yeah, um, and there's a little bit of snow on the ground, but it's been it's been very beautiful too. There, mm -hmm. There's something really kind of special about it. I love that, and I was remembering, I um, you know I teach a mindfulness retreat every year on the winter solstice. And the previous winter solstice, I had sent out an email. It's a virtual retreat, and so I had sent an email to all the participants from all over. And I said, hey, before we get online together, take two minutes, go step outside, look up at the night sky and like connect with what's actually happening on this specific day before we sit down to be in our practice. And then when we got on Zoom, one of the participants who I think was in, I'm going to say Michigan, I think, I can't remember, wherever it was, very cold. And she was like, if I go outside right now, my eyelashes will literally freeze. Like that's not a thing we do here. We don't go outside in the middle of the night. It is very cold. And it was another moment of, you know, we experience seasonality in a very specific way. And so you and I will talk about two different ways. And listeners, please be reflecting on what winter is like where you are. What is it like as Nick and I are talking, there has been this winter storm sort of moving through the states, especially in the Midwest. It's been very cold, lots of snow. There's been oddly like some tornadoes down in the south. It's a very abnormal time of year for that to be happening. So let yourself be reflecting not just on what we say, but what's your experience of winter? What do you see? What do you hear? And I think maybe we're going to start with wind. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, so we're going to listen to some wind moving through pine trees, which is something I hear. And I'm assuming something you hear because you recorded it, Nick. But maybe you can set us up a little bit of like, where were you when you recorded this? What was going on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, this this recording um wasn't made too far from where I live, um, far, further out into the wilderness than kind of the smaller smaller towns around here. But um, yeah, so the east side of Washington state is mostly pine forests um, or sections of it have, have large pine forests. And because uh, of it being like a bit drier, <clears throat> kind of like the, the rain shadow of the Cascades. And um, 
Yeah, so I, I was I was out at night. Um, most of my recordings happen at night because it seems to be um, the quieter time to record mm. things. Um, but that's also really um, really nice because um, night in winter, when you're dressed for it, um, can really have this. Just there's so much subtlety um, to the environment and, and to the soundscapes, and and it can be very peaceful. So, yeah, there was <clears throat> there there was like a, a light snow kind of covering covering the ground and the trees, and there's these tall pine trees all around me. And I go out and kind of set up set up my gear at dusk or something, and then I'll, I'll usually leave it recording overnight. But I try to at least spend some time, you know, listening to the environment and being there before I go um, huddle back in my car or tent or mm. um, wherever I'll stay somewhat warm for the for the recording um and it's it's just so like special for me to um to like to hear this kind of wind coming down the the mountainside or the hillside um and you can just hear it gathering up kind of momentum almost as it comes through and I'll find that I'm almost like holding my breath as I'm kind of listening through it it's almost like there's a white noise element to it but there's so much different textures as you know the millions of small pine needles are all vibrating um as this gust comes through and and really like rolls across you and um it really is just kind of a transformative experience for me every time i have mm. it um and ho- hopefully uh, hopefully a listener can um kind of experience a small a small glimmer of that it's it's always hard to know um how it'll translate from the actual experience of being there which is um can be very profound um and i'm really grateful i can reflect on that yeah I, I want to, after we listen, let's circle back to the idea of transformative. I really feel that with wind. And I'll know, because I work with elemental-based meditations a lot and with a lot of different people, it's really interesting to me to hear how different people relate to different elements and in different moments of your life. And so I think before we talk about what you and I maybe glean from wind, why don't we take a listen?
I love hearing the creaking of the trees in there a little bit. I'm thinking about <clears throat> the hike I did this weekend uh, with my kid. My kids were with me. And there's a bunch of field garlic growing because we sort of hike in a little bit of like marshy. And um, my my daughter was like, can I, is this edible? I, she didn't use that word. I, can I eat this? She probably said. And I said, yeah, that's that's field garlic. You can pick that. And I said, but you have to ask first. Like, this is what we do is we ask the plant, like, can I, can I pick a piece? And so she does. And I said, and then you wait and you listen and you decide what you heard. And she said, well, how does the plant talk to me? And we had this whole conversation about the ways that we might hear things that are not in words, right? Something that is um, outside of the language that we use every day. And I think that it, both in meditation and in listening to soundscapes, there is this tricky element where now you and I should talk about that. And it's really hard to put words around all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I I was trying to yeah think about this the sense that I I feel when I'm hearing the even the recording that I can remember or think back to being in the in the wilderness and and kind of feeling that um, sound move move through me and and also the movement of the of the air and mm. um, it's interesting because lots of times if I'm recording at night. Um, it's easy it's just to close my eyes to listen and to kind of, um, but that's also going in sort of because I feel like with our eyes open, we're so external. And, um, and but audibly, we're also external, but I don't, yeah, it's something about the, the eyes closed. Um, and I can almost feel this sense of like extending myself through my ears and kind of like, um, it feels very like vibrant vibrational um vibrational I guess is the mm -hmm. word um and I kind of feel this like this kind of just bending with it almost like I'm extending into the trees and mm. it just can yeah it's really it's really special to to have that have that almost like a <clears throat> a softening of the boundaries right between our yeah. skin between where we believe we stop yeah. and letting ourselves expand sort of past that boundary. Yeah. Yeah. I find wind to be, to me, very, it, uh, the sense it gives me is very cleansing almost in a way, or mm, perhaps even like waking up. Like I feel myself sit up straighter when I really hear wind, right? Yeah. It's yeah, something yeah. that I notice in my experience and I, love listening to wind. I like feeling wind when I'm outside. And it's a part of, when I think about meditating outside, it's a part of uh, the experience that really holds me present. It's like that yeah. wind moves across you and you're like, oh, I was I was getting lost in a daydream and the wind brought me back. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I that that was kind of similar to one of the reflections I was having when I was um, kind of listening to that for this episode earlier. I was thinking about how I'll, I'll realize that I was as I was listening, I was almost holding my breath, and the wind almost like I, I realized I have to breathe, and I mm. almost force a breath. But then I 
as I do that, I have more awareness of my breath. And then that's just kind of the breath awareness that I'm aware of myself within that extended um, kind of experience. And it's just, yeah, it's kind of an awareness bringing back awareness. Um, and that's, just, I mean, you, you just named the, the microcosm, right? Is breath being the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Internally. How are, how is the breath moving through us? Yeah. What does it sound like? Yeah. What does it feel like? Is it different? This is a question for you. Like, is wind different to you in spring or summer than it yeah. is in yeah, right? Def for me, definitely. Yeah. For me yeah. too. Completely. It's a totally different sound. Yeah. And and like another like summer wind with in the aspen trees. Uh, I mean it's beautiful, but it is also so yeah, it's so much more um lively and kind of active and mm. um and spring spring wind can be um, stronger and more kind of buzzing in this winter wind is there's a lot of subtlety in it. We, we have strong winds too. And I, um, I like to record those as well, but the, this specific um, subtle wind is kind of has that unique um, awareness bringing to it. Because there's, uh, okay. So I'm speaking about my winter <laughs> and maybe this yeah. is not true for everybody's winter. So my, the woods that I hike in, are, are bare <clears throat> there. I mean, there are pine trees, absolutely, but there are not a lot of trees that maintain green leaves where I am. Mm -hmm. And so what I see when I walk is trunks and branches. And what I hear with that wind is wind moving through these bare woods. And so the sense that I have is very much one of spaciousness, I think, and perhaps even a sense of like being laid bare in a way, like incredibly raw or vulnerable. Um, yeah, I'm still thinking through those words, but it feels very almost open, right? Like an open book in a way, as opposed to like when you hear or when I hear wind moving through trees full of leaves. And what I'm hearing is like all the stuff in a way that's there. And now in winter, it's almost like I'm hearing what it's like when there's no stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's sort of like winter is this where everything kind of is dormant, but then the dormancy is entering into that kind of renewal stage and it's kind of that that cycle and then the summer is like the fulfillment of that you know the mm. potential of of the season as summer peaks and and spring you know everything's growing in the spring and blossoming and then the summer kind of is the fulfillment of that and then the fall is is the end of that cycle and then the winter kind of comes back to that openness you know that renewing of potential energy for the year mm. I, I mean, it would be great to, I'd love to record, um, yeah, the, the forest without any leaves. Um, we don't have a whole lot of, um, I guess that would be large deciduous forests here. Most of them are um, conifer and mm. needle, needly branches. Yeah. Branches. branches. <laughs> so we walk through the woods. Yeah. And we hear the wind blowing. And I think we're going to wind up at a frozen lake. Tell me about this lake. 
Yes, it also has some pine trees around it, um, mm-hmm. and and some uh, near being near the water. It has probably a few um, aspen and um, maybe a few cottonwoods. So there's some empty branches nearby. Um, but this, yeah, this lake is um, maybe a mile or so long and um, half a mile wide. Um, so it's a modest sized lake. It's not too small and. It's on the foothills of the of the eastern Cascade Mountains, and in winter it freezes very solid. This lake was frozen about two feet thick, um, and I know this because I drilled a hole through it by hand, <laughs> cranking this ice drill. Um, and I kept thinking, I've got I've got to be you know almost to the bottom or almost almost through the ice. Um, and so to record this lake, I drilled through the ice and put a hydrophone. Um, in the water and so I could Whoa. listen to it. Um, and yeah, it, it made some very fascinating sounds, but while I was on the lake, um, I, I noticed that there were owls in the forest nearby and, um, that it was just such an unusual, like experience hearing this, um, you know, very much organic, um, sound. And then this very like, um, environmental sound, um, contrasting each other. And so are we hearing, are we in the middle of the two feet of ice? Are we under the ice? Where are we're, we? We're on top of the ice. Yeah, <laughs> we're on top yeah, yeah. of the so, ice. Okay. So yeah, this is. So I walked out into the lake, and um, it's. I, I guess I could talk more about like the visceral experience of it after we hear it, because okay. maybe it'll make more sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just uh, the sun. It was very beautiful night. I, I remember it very clearly because the sun had just set and it was kind of like orangey gold, you know, um, around the edges of the horizon. And I could see all the mountains were just covered in snow. It was very beautiful and very cold out. And uh, I was just standing by myself in the middle of this frozen lake. Um, and the darkness, you know, around you starts to feel very like pressing some, in a way because of uh, how quick kind of it, it seems to change from day to night. I think maybe I also noticed that just as I'm focused on the sound and the recording and the technical side of things, sometimes I forget like, oh, we're, it's going to be dark soon. Um, and so it sort of sneaks up on me in, in winter a little bit more than than summer recordings. Mm. Um, and it's it's very loud walking. Um, and I think it ju- it just seems loud because the contrast is so um, so much dynamic. Um, walking on ice with like a kind of like um, some little grippy things. What are they called? Um, you strap them on your on your shoes so you don't slip. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be ice skating all over the place. I love that. All right, let's yeah. listen. It sounds good. Frozen Lake.
That is incredible sounding. It's pretty strange. Oh, I love it. Especially because I'm never on a frozen lake. I probably hadn't gone on many frozen lakes before I started recording them. And so is that the sound of ice? Is that what we're hearing? Is like yep. the movement of ice, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And you can hear it from the parking lot. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Whoa, okay. Yeah, it's it's very, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's very surreal. <clears throat> And yeah, it's, it's this, in this situation, it's like, as soon as I got out of the car, I was like, oh, this is, it's happening. It's, it's like really going on. Um, and, and you can see the edge of the lake has actually pushed up because as water freezes, it expands. And so when a bunch of water is frozen, like two feet thick across such a large surface, it pushes ice up onto the, onto the shore. Um, yeah. So there's kind of these chunks of ice that have pushed up and, um, but then as soon as you're walking on it, you feel these kind of like percussive, um, cracks and, and pops along the way. And it's kind of disconcerting at first. You, you think um, is something about to happen. It feels kind of like almost ominous. Um, mm. and I've, I've learned that actually it typically means that it's very safe. It means the ice is thick and usually expanding, um, because as it expands, it fractures. So it's this large surface that's kind of doing that across, you know, this, you know, almost square mile. Um, and and you you can hear it in the distance, but then when it happens near you and it, and it feels like you're walking and you can see these cracks, it almost feels like it goes through you. And it's very, um, it's almost disconcerting. But then once you kind of overcome this, this fear and there's definitely kind of an element of that for me anyway, I guess... I th- it's probably a healthy fear to yeah. have walking on frozen um, something that's frozen water. Um, uh, kind of, kind of. Once I overcome it, I can really um, enjoy it and really kind of settle into it. Um, and I think listening back, it doesn't feel near as as frightening. It, it's very kind of just interesting. Um, and I feel fear. I totally, okay. <laughs> I totally felt it hearing it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's scary. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like. <laughs> I just got to highlight what you just said, which is as it expands, it fractures. I mean, listeners, give me a break. Is there a better metaphor? Like this is why nature is so unbelievably powerful to me as a source of connection to like, as it expands, as we expand, we fracture. And is it not sometimes disconcerting when we sit in meditation with ourselves, I mean, have we not all had that moment where we're like, I got, I got to get off this, this cushion, this frozen lake, because what if it cracks and I fall? Right? Like, and I did, as I was listening, for sure, I was like, are we like in the middle of the lake? Is it, is it cracking? Is it, what am I hearing? I wasn't a hundred percent sure. And there's something about asking those questions. There's something about staying instead of running away, right? It's so powerful to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Can, are you, were you able to hear the owl in that yes. one? Okay. Oh, I love the owl. I, I, I always feel like that feels a little grounding to me, this kind of resonating, yeah. just the, the hooting. And it feels so like, I don't know, it almost feels warming. It's not really warm, but it just feels like someone's watching over or something is kind of like mm. a presence is there. Um, and I, 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 do, I think that night there actually was one that flew across because um, it's, there was clearly a couple of them in the area. One one flew, and it's just the the silent, like dark flight of an owl is kind of just a really special experience to see too. Um, yes, and it feels kind of reassuring um, for me. I'm not sure why, because they are birds of prey, but um, they, I, I know that they can see. You know, they can see so well, and and they can hear so well. Um, and so they're there listening and talking, um, just on the on the shore and. Um, yeah, for what, once I overcome the the fear and know that I'm not gonna fall through the ice, and that the sounds sometimes can be a little surprising, um, but you can kind of fall, let those surprises be part of the experience and let that you know happen, and it passes, and and kind of um, maybe I don't know, maybe like watching a movie that makes a person jump, it can kind of um, be more enjoyable to have the surprise. Um, I'll, I'll go out um, maybe 100 yards, you know, 300, 400 feet onto the ice and and lay there and spread out and just like, and, and you can feel some of them, the ones that are close, you can feel the ice like shift and it's very subtle um, and it's probably the sound of it um, makes it feel um, larger than it is, but it's, yeah, it's very, it's a very amazing experience. That is incredible. And we're going to be really cold after we sit out or lay out on a frozen lake, yeah. which I really want to do now. Um, and so how about we find a campfire? All right. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where is this campfire happening? Uh, this, this fire was recorded fairly close to where the pines um, were recorded, the pine wind. And, um, you might even be able to kind of hear a similar element to it um, because there is this um, hillside where where you can hear the the wind um, contrasting the fire. But yeah, it's it's eastern Washington as well and um, kind of east of the Cascade Mountains. Let's listen.
What do you feel when you hear fire? I think with the with the campfire, I can feel. I I can listen to it as um, kind of the whole. Um, I, I love getting into the details of it, but I can also listen to it as a whole and kind of just feel a settling. Um, I feel like having grown up being in the outdoors and sitting around fires, it feels very nostalgic and um, something I can just sit beside and um, kind of feel peaceful. And even though I, I was even noticing that some of the the popping and the and the creaking has some similarities to the ice. And I think mm. that's probably because the wood as it heats is expanding mm. um, and breaking and, and fracturing in, in its own way. Um, but I, I think that I can, you know, sit there and, and just hear the whole fire at once without, without needing to um, make it more than it is too. Yeah. And that can feel very, um, just very nice and very kind of like warm, warming, mm. especially after a night of wind and frozen. Yeah, it's interesting as, as you were talking, I was sort of thinking like what we have been listening to today has really been elements in the midst of transformation in a way, right? So water that is freezing, expanding, fracturing, wood that is burning, that is transforming, moving towards ash. And I do think that there's something very compelling about these sort of in-between places where we can't talk about just one thing. It's not just water. It's not just fire. But there are all these other elements that make it a whole experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when we put them together, so when we when we let this become a journey of walking through pine trees and wind and lying down on the ice and then moving to a fire and resting at a fire, like if you think of that as a as an evening that you just spent in the woods, we could look at each of those individual things as we broke them out, but you also just might have this experience of a collective moment from the entirety of that, right? Yeah, yeah, that that was beautifully put. And I think as we reflect on what winter is for you in the Pacific Northwest, for me in the South, for listeners, I know we have listeners in Australia who are like, it is summer, why are you talking about winter? I'm sorry for you guys. Um, Listen to this in six months. (laughs) And listeners... And listeners in the UK and just all over the place. And we all have different experiences. And so maybe you're like, oh, that's not what my wind sounds like. Or my frozen lake is X. Whatever your experience might be, maybe we take this time just to think about the collective experience of winter. You know, and Nick, I know you weren't present for the interview that aired the previous week with Jacqueline Suskin. She's a poet and wrote this incredible book about creativity tied to the seasons. Mm -hmm. And we both were sort of gushing around the fact that like winter is our season. It's my season for sure. And it is this woman's season as well. Like if we had to pick a season to live in, 
we would both pick winter. And I, and it's not because of one thing. It is a collective experience of what winter feels like or invokes. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is really a transformative season, I think. And yeah, kind of kind of like the ice fracturing or the wind, you know, kind of calling the change of of temperatures of of wind coming in and bringing in the colder air or the warmer air. Mm. Yeah, and the fire and fire is such like a, a symbol of change and transformation. Um, it's yeah. just really, it's yeah, it's such that it's that that renewal of of everything, and it has to everything has to kind of come back to that bare state before it can, you know, blossom and grow and be full again. Yes. And, you know, there's one thing we haven't talked about, so maybe we'll, we'll end on this part of the conversation, which is everything that we just listened to took place at night. Right. And, and there is, what is so magical about a winter night? Like to me, it is so potent and i realize i live in a place where i can absolutely go sit outside and meditate in winter at night and i'm sure everybody can with appropriate gear (laughs) right but uh, do you find winter nights to be magical i'm assuming yes but yeah yeah yeah. absolutely yeah that i'm i mean i have to somewhat by the force of doing any recording um you know it has to happen at night in a lot of ways um locally anyway and yeah, the, the days um, can are beautiful too, and and I love the contrast um, in the mountains between the snow and the trees. But the the night is so much more focused and, um, but also open. And it's like there's, with having less visual, um, having less vision, it almost like opens up the the whole experience. Maybe kind of like with those trees, kind of. As as the eyes are closed, you can feel your self expanding into the into the sound and into the night. And, but the stars and everything—it's just everything. Seems there's like a, a sharpness to it too. Yes. Um, that that's really it's really mesmerizing for me. Yeah, and I I wonder if a bit of it is. I mean, this is just a, a off the cuff reflection, but of course, winter is a darker season. Right, the the for part of winter at least there is more dark than there is light, and it's an inward season. It's a series a season where we think more about rest and dreams, and and it tends to be a more contemplative time. And while I am a morning meditator, usually I do find myself very drawn to an evening meditation, which I I do outside. I do all my meditation outside. And so I sit on the back deck and I've like got the stars above me. It's almost like the the darkness is asking for attention more, which makes sense because there's more of it, right? And in summer, that would not necessarily be the case. The light is asking for attention, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I was was thinking a little bit about the... I was even writing a little bit before before this when I was thinking about it, and yeah, it's the the darkness is such a part of winter, and um, and it has to be such a part of you know ourselves too. I mean, we spend 
it's like our, our awake time, our, our sleep time, but we also need to balance our light and our dark and everything kind of has those, those two sides to it. And, and winter is just a great time for that. And I think it can be kind of hard. Um, I've, I feel inclined to stay inside and um, be warm and, you know, watch movies. And, um, but that can also be really distracting from, from how beautiful it can be to, to kind of force ourselves to be outside and, and go through that that experience of you know being at night i'm i'm impressed that you go out at, at night in winter to to meditate that's well, very cool remember it's like 40 degrees here so still still yeah yeah i yeah it's it's been it's been like an internal battle for me lately whether i go out and bundle up um i went out briefly the other day and i was like it's gonna warm up in like a week and i'll i'll go back outside a little bit more um yeah this cold snap's been a little extreme yeah. Yeah. And there's something, there's something to being warm. There's something to burrowing and nesting and being in yeah. a cave, right? We get to experience yeah. all of that within winter. Yeah. So I'm so glad we got to chat about this today, Nick. Thank you. Um, listeners, if you are listening to this, I might nudge you to click over to YouTube and find this interview again, because Nick shared some photographs from places that he's recorded and they're gorgeous and they'll be interspersed throughout this. So um, you can click over and watch this as well if you so choose. And Nick, you'll be back. Yeah, we're going to do many more episodes together, huh? Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, Very much looking same. forward to it. Same. Thank you. All right, guys. To wrap up today's episode, I want us to each have our own experience of moving through some of the elements of winter. And so together, we will find a comfortable spot to sit or lie down. You will decide if you want your eyes to be open or closed. If at all possible, you will put headphones on so that you can really hear each of the sounds. And we will take a journey through the winter woods. And you will hear the sounds that Nick recorded as we move through the woods in winter and we hear wind through pines. And we find a lake that is frozen so solid that it is safe for us to walk out into the middle of to lie down on the ice and to take in the sounds of the owls nearby, to feel the water beneath us and the night sky above us. And eventually we will make our way back to camp where we sit down in front of the fire and we feel the heat, we sense the light, and we take in the entirety of each of our individual experiences of winter with the elements of air, water, fire, in all their various forms, and the night sky, the ether surrounding all of it. So let's listen in.
And as the sounds fade away, you remember where you are. You notice how you feel. And you take all the time you need to let go of that listening experience. Guys, thank you so much for exploring winter with me today. I look forward to many more episodes that include soundscapes, experiences of listening, experiences of contemplation, and connection between the natural world and ourselves. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving me a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps others to find the show. And let's face it, we could definitely use more meditators in this world. The Mindful Minute is recorded on Muskogee land and produced with the support of Brianna Nielsen Virtual Assistance. To join my live classes, ask questions, or learn more about my teacher trainings, please visit MerrillArnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys next week.